Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Yui. Over 100,000 claims taken care of every year. Now that's an impressive stat. For a better insurance experience, think Yui. It is NRL Fantasy Podcast time. Once again, Chris Kennedy in the studio with the Don Brock to discuss the round 20 team lists. We've had a couple of reasonably drama-free weeks, is it fair to say? Don, we haven't had any major catastrophes. Yeah, I think so. And there's a few uh, big names coming back this week as well, which might help. It's the penultimate round of most head-to-head leagues, um, most league final start in a couple of weeks, uh, round 22, round through to round 25. So uh, big week if you're chasing a spot in your top eight um, or a top four. So, yeah, another big week for trades. Hopefully no emergencies this week. Another quiet one you know, for most of us. Fingers crossed. We'll get yeah. straight into the team list. Uh, Thursday night kicks off with the West Tigers against the Cowboys. Uh, extremely crucial game in terms of um, if anyone's going to start making a charge for that uh, seventh or eighth spot on the ladder for these two teams. Uh, for fantasy purposes, um, probably not two of the more significant teams um anyone from the tigers who you really want well i mean so the tigers are unchanged last week uh, robbie farrow played the full 80 uh, jacob little was out of the 17 and it's to sta- stayed the same way this week so farrow scored 66 in that game did get a try but uh, yep. yeah good signs for his scoring if they keep it like this it's a big if but um uh yeah at this stage he's the sole hooker he's kind of been um in and out as an option for fantasy this year um started quiet then was playing uh big minutes for a while and then went back to limited minutes in the last few weeks but if he keeps an 80 minute spot um he could be an option again there's a lot of hookers this year so Mm. if you're really looking at him uh alex twile had a quiet one he's on the bench again like he was last week Uh, his minutes were still all right so there's a chance of getting a decent score 40 or 50 or maybe more off the bench um so i wouldn't be too spooked by that just yet and cowboys it's just tom malolo isn't it yeah every week um, I, I suppose the good news here is that it's the first game, so if uh, if Little does come into the 17, you'll at least know before you uh, have to lock anything in. Good point. Um, Michael Morgan back for the Cowboys helps them, but isn't a major factor fantasy-wise. Yep, correct. And um, I guess Madison's probably still in quite a few yep. teams for the Tigers as well, uh, playing in the middle rather than on an edge at the moment. So um, reasonably good signs for him. Cowboys win pretty much to skip straight over. It's um, Tamalolo and just hold him and... Don't worry about it. Yep. Warriors and the Raiders, the early Friday game. Um, Warriors, probably Jazz Tavanga is worth a, a mention. He um, left the field early with an arm injury, we believe, but apparently seems to be okay. He had an ankle injury before that, but still kept scoring pretty well, coming off 58, I think, yep. and um, still no Tohu Harris in the uh, the 21. Yeah, signs are good for Tavanga, I guess, while uh, Tohu Harris is out. Um, yeah, our man in New Zealand, Corey Rosser, NRL.com reporter said that uh, Tavanga trained today and looked fine, so signs are good. He'll uh, be scoring 50-something again uh, this week. Um, RTS is the other one in really good form these days. Almost won him the game last week. Mm. Got put, called back for a um, forward pass, but yeah, so still got 50 in that game. He really just lights up in the last 10 minutes of game. Um, it's when the opposition defence is tired and he can mm. make huge breaks. So Gets big metres. You don't that. have to uh, worry if his score is kind of low with 20 minutes left. He can still get up to 50 or more. Team-wise, they also get Nick Arima back from yeah. an ankle injury. Isaac Luke named pending a judiciary hearing, um, which happens uh, in not too long, actually. Uh, they've got the Raiders. 
John Bateman. We just, I love John Bateman. What a superstar. So good. It, it's weird to think that he wasn't an auto pick at the start of the year. Yeah. Most people, including both of us, I think, were a bit spooked that his price wasn't super cheap. We hadn't seen him before. He obviously uh, had a big mm. reputation from England, but you know, yeah. I mean, we saw the stats. We saw he was busy, but it's a you know it's a big jump from yeah. you know getting lots of runs and tackles and the odd try in Super League to not only doing it in the NRL but also getting picked for eighty minutes every week in what was a you know reasonably stacked forward pack. But he's just absolutely exceeded all expectations, hasn't he? Yeah, awesome player. Probably a you know a gun buy even next year at whatever his price is going to be uh, as a, as a forward. So. Uh, Might not be available at centre next year, I think almost certainly won't be available. (laughs) So enjoy it while you can. Exactly. Um, Anyone else in the green machine? Chance is still in plenty of teams. He's having good weeks, most weeks. Um, Scored a try but still didn't get too many points last week. Jack Whiten's a bit of a point of difference for fullbacks. Yeah, he got a good score again last week as well. Um, Tends to score around 50. Available at uh, at the back as well, so very handy player. Not in that many teams, so I mean Bateman's the standout by a long way, but those yep. two are, are decent halves. Second Friday game, the Broncos up against the Storm. Um, Broncos a couple of big wins against uh, lower sides the last couple of weeks will be a big step up in class for them this week, um, and for that powerful young forward pack. Payne Haas is the headline act now, arguably the most reliable captaincy choice mm. after being sort of in the mix with a, a lot of 70s the previous two weeks. He was the only one of the regulars who still got over 60, I think, yep. on the weekend. The Smith and McInnes and Cook all back down to 50s scores. Haas about 63, so... Very, very reliable. Very reliable. So, again, uh, no try last week and still got 63. Correct. Um, makes a lot of tackles. Can just stand up in tackles and shrug players off or offload. So, uh, can score in a lot of ways. Uh, awesome player. Kind of set and forget captain, I think. You know, there's a lot of competition for captaincies. Uh, options this year, but mm. he's probably the best. Uh, Anthony Milford's the other one in great yeah. form at the moment. Um, what knee injury? Yeah. He's come back better than ever. So 68 last week. Um, just his running game at fullback is, is yeah. uh, fantastic and uh, chips in with a few kick meters and a few other things, but um, can break a lot of tackles. Uh, and set up, you know, try scoring chances. Pat Carrigan's been really good on the bench as well. Got mm. another 50. Well, he's had two big scores in the past three weeks, but he's also had two big scores all season. Yeah. They happened to have come recently. Really busy player. Like his base stats yeah. were terrific, but. Um, yeah, so if you've got him as a very late season money maker, then he's doing well. I think most of us have moved on from the cashies, but mm. he's among the best of them that are still going. And David Fafita's also got some. I was about to say Fafita. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's been a while since he scored below fifty, I think, and he's just finding a way to get. You know, he had that try the other week. He had the line break last yeah. week. He's always. He's so hard to handle. He seems to get a bit of those. Sort yeah, of he's a little weeks. different from Haas in that respect. That he does seem to. His big scores have come with a big line break or that try where he beat a few players. You know, yeah. it's those plays that you can't rely on him to do every week necessarily. Like no forward can make a you know twenty meter run, beat three players, and score a try every week. Um, but at the moment, he's doing it consistently mm. for the last few weeks. So uh, Lodge had his best score of the year, but it did come with a try. Wouldn't be expecting too many seventy plus scores no. from him. Just a uh, lot of monster scores from the Bronx last week. Yeah, really. Uh, Tony Staggs has had a few big scores lately, but they've pretty much exclusively come when he scored two tries, and his yep. games when he doesn't score two tries, he's not scoring too much in fantasy. So, yeah. And it won't be necessarily there. easy for Brisbane to pile on the tries against 
Melbourne this week. Correct, which is why I think Payne Haas probably still can get the, the big yep. base stats, but the other guys might be a bit riskier. In terms of the Storm, um, Cam Smith, we mentioned 55 last week. I guess it come down from his uh, mid-70s scoring of the three weeks prior, but otherwise still reasonably reliable. Anyone else, really? Munster was... Munster was pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of Storm players had their scores boosted a bit by uh, Golden Point extra time. I was going to say, they're actually a little bit down despite getting the extra almost yeah. 10 minutes. Like well, y- if you said to me that Melbourne man was going to go for 89 minutes, I would have said Cam Smith's going to get yeah. 80. So he was on track for a really low score by his usual standards and got into the 50s. Uh, Munster was down around 40. I don't even know what he finished Mid-40s, at. Mid-40s, 44, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, so... Not a huge game for them, but Smith before that game had scored three straight 75s or something, mm. 74, 76. So, uh, yeah, he's he's always a captaincy option as well. This, I mean, looks like the kind of game he could score well in. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe potentially. Back. So, yeah, can't go wrong with uh, Smith or Haas as your captain this week, I think. I agree. Um, Saturday footy kicks off with the Seagulls up against a completely revamped night side. We'll start off with Manly. Uh, Tommy Travojevic, uh, another 50-plus score. Daly Cherry Evans, you know, what, three-round average yep. in the 60s. He's going really well. Um, Jake made 69 tackles and yeah. didn't get suspended. So very successful week there. Double victory for him. Yep. Um, yeah, they're the big ones. Uh, Tapao, I think, had a reasonable game as well. Yeah. Um, quite the week before, I think 41 the week before, but bounced back. Yeah, exactly. So, as we've, we say a lot about Manly, they're, they're four big guns doing well. Um, when I say Farnu's 73, I think. Yeah, so. But look at that just down there in Jersey 19. Exactly. Coruscant's in the reserves this week. Um, if he doesn't come back this week, you can probably expect him in the 17 uh, next week. So, I wouldn't rush out and buy Farnu at this point. But yeah, DCE, if you're looking to upgrade. You know, any out-of-form halves we might talk about in a moment. This year might be a pretty good option. Yeah, well, let's talk about him right now. The, uh, the Knights made lots of changes. Mitchell Pearce, who is in my team, mm. uh, real slump in scoring. Um, and the, just the base stats seem to have dried up as well. Like the kick metres aren't quite there. I know he sort of relies a bit on attacking stats, but just everything's quite across, th- across the board at the moment, which is frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the kick metres is that's that's where almost all his points are coming from. So... I think he had 20 points in kick metres in the weekend and still finished with 24 for the game, which mm. is not great for a... I mean, traditionally, he's been a bit of an all-action half. You know? Yeah. He, he does a fair bit of running for a half. His defence is good. Um, obviously, for Newcastle, mm. he's one of their two main attacking threats, so usually there's one or two assists in there. Um, but, yeah, none of it's really happening. So he got 400 kick metres last week, 571 the week before. These are great numbers, but mm. he still hasn't had big scores to go with it. Um, the demerits are hurting him, aren't they? They're yeah, so a few missed tackles a couple of weeks ago, a few errors, penalties. I mean, you can you can easily see him cleaning that up a bit in one game and suddenly getting back to 40 or 50. Uh, he got a 55 against the Bulldogs a few weeks ago with a try assist. So uh, he's not a complete write-off for a, for a 50 on any given week. But when you're looking for, at this point of the year, consistent 50s from your starting halves, mm. he probably isn't one of the... Better ones, at least, uh, you know, on current form. How's he? I'm just looking at his stats. He only made nine tackles last week. How is that possible? That is weird. I mean, it was a high-ish scoring game against the Tigers. Yeah. Both teams had a lot of uh, tries. 
So maybe they just didn't run at him very much. Who knows? Mm. He's probably going to have to do more defending against Manly, you'd think, on yep. current form. So, you know, if the Knights can turn it into a bit of a grind, that could really help someone like Pierce, who could get you know, a lot of tackles, a lot of kick meters, maybe an assist and get up to 40 or 50. So, yeah, I don't think he's a must-sell yet. If you've got a lot of trades left and cash to spend, then maybe you could upgrade him. Mm. I think I'm selling him this week. Um, someone who didn't have any trouble scoring well was Callum Ponga, uh, one of those just incredible solo tries that yep. not too many blokes other than Callum Ponga can score. Um, Sinbin right at the end and still finished with 80, which is pretty impressive work. Very impressive. The worry with that try that he scored on first viewing was he beat three or four guys, but <laughs> he they need to so touch him cleanly yeah. that it seemed like no one got near him, but... They must have given him one or two tucker breaks for that, but if, even if not, he made so many during the rest of the game. But yeah, finished on 80 would have been what closer close to 90, to 90 yeah. if he didn't get bend at the end. So uh, awesome player can stick him in your halves or at the back or on the bench if you've got that mm. kind of luxury. Uh, Dave Clemmer. It's about to say Clemmer. Yeah, he's was quiet when the Knights were winning, but otherwise he's been uh, getting those big tackle yeah, counts. That trend's pretty much held all year, hasn't it? So. Mm. Um, really good scorer when the Knights lose or if it's close, so 59 that week. Connor Watson's the big winner of the big reshuffle. Mm. I don't know if you run through the big reshuffle, but um, they've dropped yeah. Danny Levi is one of the big ones. Um, so that means Watson starts at hooker. They've got no obvious bench hooker, I don't think, this week. No. They've got, I mean, they've got Kurt Mann on the wing if they want to be weird and use him on at hooker for a bit and bring yeah, I mean, Tautier to centre or something. Yeah, but exactly. But, you know, short of that, Watson could play 80 at hooker. Um, you know, he's a really busy player. His running game's pretty great um, fantasy-wise. Gets a lot of tackle breaks. So, uh, got 57 last week. Could pile on some more big scores. Who knows if the Knights keep the team that they've got at the moment, though. So you know. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to rattle through all the changes because there's many. Uh, most of them aren't that fantasy significant. I was going to say with Kurt Mann, he's reasonably useful at a number of spots. I don't think Wing is one of them. He's... Yeah. I've, I've interviewed him about playing on the wing when he was at the Dragons and he just flat out says it's not my spot I don't like playing there you know he's not really the, a winger size in the in the modern game yeah. either he's okay at centre and six but um, yeah, I don't know I don't expect him to be on the wing for the whole rest of the season yes that would be a bit of a surprise I think Edric Lee's close to coming back or yeah I'm not I'm sure, sure. Uh, um, yeah so maybe man's the, the bench utility and next week with Watson starting at nine if they leave Levi out. Who knows, if they get smashed by Manly this week, they might change it all up again next week. Um, you know, Jesse Ramian, I can't see being out of the team for too much longer, but yeah, you wouldn't think so. We'll wait and see. Uh, second Saturday game, the Bulldogs up against the Panthers. Um, Bulldogs, I think, will keep it fairly short. They have no changes and they have no players you really want in your fantasy <laughs> team. Yeah, we copped a bit of flack from a friend of the show, Adrian McMurray, for <laughs> not mentioning Will Hopperwhite last week. He's got a few decent scores. He got about 40 last week. But really, I mean, it's him, it's Tolman who's injured, and there's no one else really in that Canterbury team. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Panthers' uh, seven-game winning streak came to an end at the hand of the Raiders, um, which certainly squashed uh, Brent Naden's run of impressive scoring and uh, Brian Toto as well, who still bagged a try and still scored yeah. sub-30. So wasn't great for them. Nathan Cleary was quiet as well, who we I think we talked about last week. He tends to finish seasons with a, a heavy burst of fantasy scoring, but they were all pretty quiet last week. Yeah, Naden got into the positives at least. Yeah. <laughs> well, down into minus five or he something. He was in doubt for a long period. Yeah, so he finished on uh, five, I think. Yeah. Uh, Cleary, 38, not terrible. Um, 
but uh, yeah, you know, halfback in a losing team. His kick meters were way down. Had about 90 yeah. kick meters. So um, he had this similar thing a couple of weeks ago. I think he had a niggling injury then, so I don't know if that was the case again, but Maloney took a lot of the kicking. Um, usually you expect Cleary to get you know, at least a few hundred kick meters, which helps his uh, score a fair bit. I wouldn't be too spooked by that. Um, they should win this game against the Bulldogs, you would think, Penrith, but like bit all halves. a banana skin sort of game for them, I think, coming off a, a loss to Canberra. It, it and could be a bit tricky. I mean, we had said last week that had, you know, that seven-game winning run were against teams that were low on troops or out of form or whatever, and they were going to struggle potentially against Canberra, and they did get beaten. I mean, they'll be favourites here, but... Yeah, again, Bulldogs kind of nothing to lose at the moment. Mm. And they were pretty resilient against the Roosters. I, yeah. I think we can all agree the Roosters weren't really at their red-hot best, but yeah, they true. ended up only 20-12 to 12 in a game a lot of people thought was going to be sort of 50-plus points. So Dogs are at least going to sort of stick in it. Um, other one I wanted to mention before we move on was James Fisher-Harris. I desperately needed a prop last week, took a punt on him ahead of Tapao and Clemmer, partly due to the dual position status. Um, had a nice try assist, which helped him get back up close to 60. Otherwise, it was going to be a slightly quieter score than usual, but he's um, still getting 70-plus minutes in the middle, which is pretty handy. Very handy. Um, averaging more than 60 in his last uh, last full game. So, yeah, one of those really reliable forwards, and, and as you say, handy. You can cover both positions at yep. this time of the year. 100%. Uh, final Saturday game is the Sharks up against the Rabbitohs. Uh, Sharks finally back in the winner's circle last week. Um, just got over the Cowboys at the end there. Um, they welcome back Matt Moylan at fullback. Josh Dugan goes to centre. Josh Morris goes to wing. Um, Andrew Fafita comes back. He's been named on the bench. I uh, mm. can't remember the last time he started from the bench. It's been a while. Yeah, it does seem to be a bit pointed, doesn't it? Sending him a message, maybe. Mm. Um, he wasn't great in that last game, uh, which resulted in a suspension, but... Um, his minutes were a bit low. His impact wasn't great. Mm. His fantasy score was pretty bad. So hopefully he uh, he bounces back uh, this week or at least next week. Uh, he can still get a lot of minutes off the bench. I wouldn't be too worried yeah. about that at this point. He's and he's had big scores this week, playing you know 45 minutes. He can still score 60 points. So um, wait and see. They might just wrap him up and see how he goes uh, against you know the big boys at, at Souths. I feel like when he was first sort of going from you know a guy who'd make 30 points in, in 30 minutes off the bench and he yep. went to the Sharks and he first really started becoming a fantasy factor. He was still playing off the bench and he was just tearing it up yep. when he got on the field. So hopefully a bit of that kind of action wouldn't go too far astray. Um, Fantasy-wise, anyone else worth touching on? Sean Johnson Sean had a really Johnson. good score. Yeah, he's going really well at the moment. Um, it turns out he was a bit of a bargain a few weeks ago. Um, that game where he got benched in the last 5-10 minutes um, mm -hmm. where they needed to win... May have been a bit of a wake-up call. He's been running the ball a lot more recently, um, getting tackle breaks, got to try. So, uh, yeah, signs looking pretty good for him. Uh, Britton Nakora uh, had a bit of an ankle injury. I mm. thought he was going to go off for a bit, and he ended up um, strapping it up and, and getting back in the line. His uh, 37 was pretty tackle-heavy. I think it was 37 points with 36 tackles. So not quite the uh, the running game that we saw against the, the Warriors, but still definitely a hold. Yeah, absolutely fine for a, for a fantasy centre. Yep. Uh, they take on the Rabbitohs, who uh, got a little bit lucky at the end against the Dragons. Um, I was shouting many things at the TV every time the ball went near Braden Burns. He did not <laughs> get the ball. He was on 19 with a minute to go and then somehow a, won on the game. It was a big minute. That last it was minute. a very big minute. That was an insane game. Um, I'm hoping he sees a bit more ball this week. Um, 
Damien Cook, another guy who got 55. Sam Burgess back in the team this week. Cameron Murray is an uh, absolute role goalkeeper. Uh, Adam Reynolds gets low 50s pretty much every week at the moment. Yeah, really solid option, Reynolds. Uh, his base stats are all great, kicks goals, uh, gets a lot of kick metres, gets through a fair few tackles. Um, and when Souths win big, he probably is going to score quite well. So, uh, yeah, really solid option. Again, if you're looking for a PS upgrade, he's a good one. Um, Cook, 55 last week. It's funny now where you're looking at these guys as captains in mid-50s is a disappointing yeah. score. But, um, yeah, I mean, as we've said before, his his running game isn't um, quite as, as big as it has been in, well, was last year, but mm. he's kind of making up for that. His tackle counts are high. He kicks a bit. His playmaking's improved a little. So. Way more try assists this year. Yeah, yeah so... Um, yeah, still in that in that you know group of captaincy options could be really busy in this game if the Sharks keep it close. Yep, uh, Sunday footy kicks off with the Roosters hosting the Titans at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Um, this game could be anything, but we did say that about Roosters Bulldogs last week, and it didn't end up being much of anything. Yep. Um, Tedesco's still got fifty, which is good. I'd kind of hope he would get more than that this week. Uh, Latrell Mitchell was pretty quiet um, compared to expectations. Um, a lot of forwards are out. Cordner and Taukiaho both have calf injuries. Uh, Jadaria Hargreaves is suspended, so there's a few changes there. Good news for anyone still sitting on Angus Crichton, who yep. I think, what do you get, 22 minutes off yeah, the bench, didn't even much. see any footy till the second half. Um, back in his preferred starting edge roles, so it could be a big score for him, for anyone who's still running with him. Yeah, so he should have that for two or three weeks, they reckon, uh, with Cordner out, so... You know, expect a few good scores from Crichton. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think Tedesco and Latrell Mitchell could both score well in this one. Um, the Dogs are kind of... The Dogs and Titans are at the bottom of the ladder at the moment. The Dogs seem like a team that's kind of low on troops, but, you know, they're trying their hearts out and um, can keep it close for a while, whereas the Titans seem, you know, they've just lost a coach. Um, heads are down. Um, they've got a new coach named, but he won't arrive till, you know, end of the season, so... Who knows what they produce? They've got a few injuries as well. Um, mm. I can run through some of them, but the big ones are AJ Brimson. Um, Shannon Boyd's out for the season as well with shoulder surgery. So, yeah, not a lot to play for for the Titans. So the Roosters could really rack up a few points here. Just trying to think if there's anyone really worth... Uh, Nathan Peets. Uh, yeah, Peets is, is the big one. Mitch Rain is in the reserves. Assuming he stays there and doesn't come back into the 17, then Peets could be a bit of a discount. Um, borderline keeper, a couple of 60-ish scores the last yeah. fortnight. Yeah, he's played 80 the last two weeks and scored 63 and 60. Um, you know, at this point, I guess you can assume that's probably going to keep happening. And for 510 grand, that's you know very cheap for a player who could score easily 50 a week from here on in. So uh, here's another hooker. If you've already got two or three hookers, four or four. <laughs> four. If you've already got four, you could be pushing it, getting another one in. And still having decent backups for other positions, but if you can uh, if you can afford it, is is a pretty good uh, option. Maybe even a downgrade option if you want to make two trades and sell kind of a misfiring. I mean, you could sell uh, Pierce to him, free up fifty grand or something, and then upgrade someone else. Mm. Who knows? Um, the other one, uh, Verrills for the Roosters, is also starting hooker at the moment. Yeah, well, Jake. he played eighty last week, yeah. didn't he? He did, and uh, Radley stayed at hooker. Stay at lock? Sorry, at lock. Yeah. Um, do we expect more big-minute games from Verrill? So Jake Friend's out until the finals, basically. Yeah, we think he, that's basically season over in terms of fantasy yeah. um, relevance for, for Friends. So if Verrill keeps the starting spot, 
um, what do you get, 40s, mid 40s? In, you got 44, in I think. He's, um, he's very cheap. I mean, if you were to get him, it's it's pretty much a cash out who acts as an 18th man, could get your 40, yeah. 40 points and up. Um, I think there's a question about him that came in today. I don't know if he's a, a top 17 scorer, but for a very cheap, like 270 grand potential scorer at this time of the year, not a terrible option, if a little bit risky. Yep. Um, the round finishes up in uh, Cogra with the Dragons hosting the Eels at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. Um, Dragons, you had to feel for them. Mm. Last week it was a, a rough way to, to lose a game when they're already sort of a bit demoralised. Um, in fantasy terms... Uh, Cam McGuinness. McGuinness, yep. So he got 55, same as everyone else got 55. Yeah, it was a big week, 55. So he and I think James Graham as well both made 59 tackles. I mean, McInnes was amazing. That last play, the charge down. It's huge, yeah. Cody Walker to the ball to set up a try that looked like a match-winning try at the time. Uh, it wasn't, but uh, yeah, McInnes, really solid, solid scorer. Um, if that small fear that Matt Dufty could come on and they do the reshuffle in the spine that they did at the start of the year has disappeared because Dufty is not on the bench this week, so... Um, yeah, McInnes, uh, you know, roll gold scorer. James Graham playing at lock, had a big score last week. I don't know if that's necessarily a sign of things to come for the run home. Mm. Former fantasy gun hasn't quite been there this year. Yeah, I think there's better options than uh, James Graham elsewhere. I can't really see anyone else worth jumping on. Let's have a look at the Eels. Um, not a heap in here, but Mitch Moses is probably the, mm. the headline act. Was it about five or six rounds since he scored below 65, I Unbelievable. think? Yeah, five games. He's got 65. Um, he's been scoring better than 55 for months, it seems. So. Crazy scoring. Yeah, so um, I guess he's the, he's the gun. All you have asked, you know, who's the big standout half for, mm. for 2019? And it's Mitchell Moses, of all people. There you go. Um, and it makes sense on paper. I mean, he's the dominant half of the Eels this year after Corey Norman left. His uh, kick metres have been monstrous. Getting a lot of try assists. The Eels score a lot of points. Even in games they lose, they can score a lot of points. So, yeah. Um, and his running game's been pretty good. He's been getting tries, kicking goals. So, yeah, he's the man. He's pretty expensive now if you're looking to buy him. I think upwards of 800 grand. Over 800, yeah. Because um, I just miss out. <laughs> I was going to do a double trade and get him in. I miss it by four grand. So. Uh, it's, that's a bugger. But, Sometimes, um, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, if you can't afford him, he's a good get. Um, Nathan Brown is yep. interesting. I've been a massive fan of his in the past in fantasy. Uh, injury trouble start of the year, but his last few scores have been good. Got 67 last week. He's one of those few players that can make 50 tackles and, you know, close to 200 metres in a game, and that's kind of usual for him. So, mm. um, yeah, really solid option. Won't play 80, but... Does a lot in sixty or seventy minutes. Yeah, um, Reed Marnie curiously spent a little bit of time off the field, even though they don't have a utility in the seventeen. Yeah, I don't um, know if that's going to happen again this week, but yeah, I also don't know. I guess we'll find out. But he went um, off in the first half. Yeah, yeah, about ten before half time, I think, from memory, and then came oops, back. yeah, came back. But oh, with Gutherson playing a bit of dummy half, and yeah, who knows? Curious one. Yeah, um, that's probably about it for. Fantasy relevant. So, Amani Maus had some good scores. I've seen yeah. a few people have picked good him up in the week. second half of the season. So, a few good scores there. Um, that's the end of the team list. Shall we get into some questions? Let's do it. We will start off as I load that. Um, 
BRB tea break has one trade left. If Siwa Taukiaho is out for two to three weeks, should I sell him? He's part of my starting 17. Um, have scored 1,000-plus the last two weeks, so the other 16 are guns. Cover is Mitch Kenny and Dylan Brown. Mm. I think it's late enough in the season that two or three weeks is a sell for a top 17 gun. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Two or three weeks, yeah, is a sell. Takiyahu, you know, you can upgrade him. There are better options. The tough part of that question is it's, he's only got one trade left, so, um, yeah, getting a bit risky. He's got a little bit of injury cover. I'd only do it if you've... Ideally, you've got bench cover for every position. Mm. If you haven't got a bench, you know, wing a fullback or centre and you run out of trades, then you can be, you know, really ruined by an injury in the run home, so... If that's the case, maybe spend that trade. Mm. I like to hang on to that last trade for as long as possible. Like well, yeah, ra- living around twenty-five, if possible. Yeah, not ideal. Yeah. Um, Declan Horn says uh, currently you have Alex Twile and Britton Nakora on my bench. Are either of them sells with Twile having two lower scores in a row and Nakora's base stats down? I've got plenty of cover in each position and six trades remaining. That's plenty of trades. It's a lot of trades. I'd still say probably no to selling either of those two. Um, Definitely don't sell Nakora. I don't yeah. see any point selling him. Twile, I'd be a tiny bit more concerned about. Yeah, I mean, I guess six trades you could... It's a little bit luxury, but you could upgrade if you have a bit of cash. So his scores, he got, what, 37 or something last week from memory. Um, I think low 40s the week before. Uh, so 36 last week. Playing off the bench, he still played 51 minutes. He Which scored, is a much different... Uh, exactly. He scored well in, in that kind of game time before... Um, he normally plays, you know, between 50 and 60-something minutes and scores between, f- up, you know, 40 and 60. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't panic too much. Um, you know, he says a couple of those scores. Two weeks ago, about 43. That's fine. He's done mm. that all through the year. The odd 40 and then can hit a 60 the week after. So, uh, wait and see how he goes. He got benched last week and then they won against Newcastle. Big win, so you can see why they've kept the same... Uh, structure this week, um, but he could easily go back into the starting team, you know, in a week or two. So yeah. I'd hold for now. And yeah, Nakora is one of the two gun centers still, I think. So yeah, I don't see the point selling him. Yeah. Um, and the two-parter from Declan is Nathan Peets, a keeper for the run home. Well, he probably is if he keeps the 80-minute role. Mitch Rain is in the reserves. Yeah, um, I think Rain, Rain's been in the reserves before yeah. game day in the last couple of weeks and dropped out. So. Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say Pete's keeps the 80 minutes all year. There is the slight risk that they change it up, but... Um, I mean, they're still losing games, so it's not like they're sticking with a winning team, so you never yeah, know when they're going to change for that reason. Also, don't expect Pete to hit 60 every week. It's not like he's... he's had, I think he's had a try assist in both weeks yeah. and a try save in one of them, so there's a, a few... It's not all base stats. Yeah, he's been an 80-minute player for the whole season before and averaged high 40, so... Yeah. Yeah, don't be stunned if the scores drop a little. Yep. Uh, Jarwell writes in, is it time to worry about 12? I think we've covered that one. Options I'm considering are Cam Murray, Fisher-Harris, Nathan Brown, or Just Hold. Uh, he has three trades and 90 grand. They're all good, Bring, uh, you know, all good trades, but... Yeah, I would... I think, uh, even if 12 was starting, I think Cam Murray or Fisher-Harris would be an upgrade. Yeah, three I mean, trades 12 is pretty much a 50-point player yeah. on average, and, and Murray, we can see average mid-50s. Fisher-Harris as well on current form, so... Yeah, if you've got the cash to spend, don't mind it. Yeah, if it's going to take you uh, two trades, it's probably a little bit too risky, though. Um, Aaron is thinking of trading out Jesse Arthurs and Jake Turpin for Sam Verrills and Sean Johnson. 
Uh, interesting. So, um, yeah. Does he want? I'm just reading on. He's written a lot. Yeah, so Verrill's <laughs> Verrill's in the 17. I think is pretty risky. He could easily go back to being a, a small minutes bench player. So wouldn't want to count on that. Yeah. Yeah. So as a reserve who gives you good scores when you when you need a backup, uh, he's pretty good. Certainly at his price, um, but otherwise a bit risky. Johnson's in really good form at the moment. Uh, I don't mind that buy. Mm. His other option was the same two players out for Cherry Evans and Jason Saab. Saab, much like Verrills, if you need him in the 17, I would yeah. steer clear. DC, obviously a keeper. Yeah. Uh, John Maloney, um, doing well in overall, but head-to-head finals coming up. Need to bring in a player that not many people have, the classic point-of-difference option, as it were. Thinking about Connor Watson, Ryan Madison, Adam Reynolds, David Clemmer, Nathan Cleary... And Cameron Munster. Mm, a lot of good options. Um, most reliable one might be Clemmer or Adam yeah. Reynolds. Um, Reynolds pretty reliably low fifties. Clemmer yep. most weeks is probably high fifties. Really. It's yeah, exactly. Um, Watson's a good point of difference. Um, he could get, you know, he could get close to sixty a game if he keeps that starting hooker spot with no bench hooker. But that's a big if. Um, He's also really good as a as a bench option for the Knights, so he could go back there. Um, Cleary and Munster, both really good scorers in the halves, but hard to confidently pick them after they both scored about 40 last week. I know I've said this before, but um, I'd be more worried about getting the best scorer than getting the point of difference player that exactly. other people don't have as well. Yep. Uh, on which basis, definitely clamour of those for me. Um, it's about all. One late one from Paul Burns. I have Sean Johnson, Nathan Cleary, and Mitch Pierce as half options. Should I sell one of them for someone more reliable? Also, I have Ponga, um, who can play halves, obviously. Uh, Johnson, definitely a hold the way he's going. Cleary, I think, definitely a hold. Yep. Um, we'll get better scores than that 38. Pierce, I'm the most worried about. Um, if you can sell him either in one trade or if you have plenty of trades. Um, for someone like a, a Mitch Moses or a Cherry Evans, I think that's an upgrade. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Pierce is going to be on a lot of people's trade list this week. Um, and if he f- if not this week, then next week if he fails again. So, uh, yeah, I can see him. He certainly has the potential to score 50s from here on in, but I'm nowhere near as confident of that as I am for Johnson and Cleary. And, you know, there's other guys. DCE looks really reliable, and Mitch Moses is absolutely killing it. So if you can go... Uh, the dream trade of Pierce out, Mitch Moses in, then then do it. Yep, I think that brings us to the end of the questions. I hope we have assisted a few people with <laughs> some uh, spending those precious few remaining trades. Um, anything on the horizon for yourself? Uh, no, I'm still holding him because I've burned too many trades earlier in the season, I think. Um, wait and see how they go. So I was going to go Pierce out and cash out Whitbread, bring in a... Um, just a base pricer, leaves me with 18 players and, and upgrade to Mitch Pierce. That, sorry, upgrade Mitch Pierce to Mitch Moses. There's too many Mitchells in my brain at the moment. And that 30 grand, grand that uh, Piercey dropped, it uh, put me four you. grand away. So now the um, interim theory, and I don't know if I'll do this, is Pierce out and Pete's in. There you go. And then do the same trade in a week or two with uh, Pete's to Moses. Leaves me with no halves cover and Ponga starting in the halves for... A, for a few weeks, at for least. a week or two, I don't mind it. I think Pete's can keep scoring these these big scores. Mm. I just know if I get him, he's going to go back to forty two a week rather than. Well, I won't have him, so it's <laughs> be very convenient. So. 
There you go. Anyway, (laughs) we'll be back this time next week. Don't forget to check out the uh, Late Melt Crew podcast on Thursday, the fantasy preview video on Wednesday, Lone Scout Q&A Thursday morning, and all your usual Late Mail and breaking news on NRL.com. We'll see you next week. Mm